Well, good evening, everybody, and thank you for taking the time to join us for the Youth Ministry Training Call. This is Josh Carson with the UPCI Youth Ministries, and we're glad that you're here, whether you're live or whether you're tuning in later to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of this incredible resource. As you may or may not know, this resource, like all the other ministries of the UPCI Youth Ministry are underwritten by your generous giving to Sheaves for Christ. We are now in full swing of our 2018 Advance Sheaves for Christ campaign, and we appreciate you investing. We're very thankful for what the Lord has been doing through this call. We ask you not only to help us, but we want you to continue to promote this resource. We're seeing great growth in the prod, in the podcast, and uh, we appreciate you not only listening, but also sharing this resource with others. If you will take a moment with me, I want you to uh, just say the Lord, uh, ask the Lord to bless and to help us here tonight so that this call can minister. And for those that tune in later, that it would maybe put some seeds of the word into their heart and mind, that it can t- continue to grow uh, in them and produce what it needs to produce for their lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for these incredible youth workers that are taking the time to be a part of this resource. I just pray that you would bless our speaker tonight, that you would touch our hearts and our minds to receive from your word, and that we would be effective. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we said, we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight. And uh, I want to take a moment and introduce our incredible speaker to date. He has my favorite story ever mentioned at a North American Youth Congress when he was preaching. Uh, he is able to captivate an audi- audience, and it's not just because he's a great preacher, a great communicator, but he is a pastor that for so long has been involved in youth ministry, but he seeks the face of God. And we appreciate so much Brother Tim Gaddy, who pastors in Cabot, Arkansas, taking the time to join us. You may or may not know, but let me give you just a little information about him. He served as youth pastor at Word of Flame Church in Little Rock from 1992 to 1999. And he started and has pastored the New Life Church uh, there in Cabot from 1999 until present. That's where he's currently serving. But also he is serving there in the Arkansas district as the superintendent of Arkansas. He would tell you he is so thankful to be the husband to Stacy for 25 years this December a dad to Madison, who's 20, Landon, who is 17, and he has a dog named Pretzel, who, uh, in his words, rules the house. And so, Brother Gaddy, we are so appreciative of you. Not only am I personally appreciative of your ministry uh, for us and to UPCI Youth Ministries, but with what you do and how busy you are serving as a pastor, a district superintendent, all on top of being a father. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to join us here for this youth ministry training call. I'm turning the floor to you. I want you to take your time and just minister what you feel for us tonight on this incredible topic about the qualities uh, that you as a pastor look for in a youth pastor. Thank you, Brother Carson. I am very, very honored to join you and Brother Ranking, Brother Thomas, Brother Woodward, and all the awesome student pastors and youth workers that are on this call. So thanks so much for this honor. I've looked forward to it. And uh, let me just say quickly before I hit some of these qualities that I look for in a student pastor, uh, I want to give a great big shout out to our student pastor at our church, Shane Clark. Uh, He's been our student pastor for a number of years. His wife, Wendy, uh, they are salt of the earth people, some of the greatest leaders that I know that love people. 
And I got to thinking, I guess I could have said what qualities I look for in a student pastor and just said Shane Clark, but that'd be a pretty short phone call. So, uh, but I do give honor to Shane and I think he's on this call tonight. I love him very, very much. Also give honor to my pastor, James Lumpkin. I served with him for seven years in Little Rock as a youth pastor. He took a chance on a kid coming out of Bible college and uh, the learning curve was steep for me, but uh, he is a wonderful man. Still is my pastor, even though I pastored for a number of years now. So I give honor to him. And then all you great youth workers, you are some of the most important people in the church right now. Uh, most of what I do now is speaking and communicating to adults. And yet a lot of those adults have their values set. They have their careers set. They have their uh, convictions set. But you're ministering every single week to students who are still shaping their values, still shaping their ideas about convictions. So what you do is absolutely vital to the future of the Apostolic Church. And you have my supreme honor tonight for that because you're helping shape what the future looks like in the Apostolic Movement. So I give you honor. Qualities that I look for in a student pastor. Number one, I look for someone who's apostolic, and I don't want to take a long time in this. I hope I don't have to qualify this. Uh, we are apostolic. I'm apostolic. I believe in the apostles' doctrine. I preach Jesus' name baptism, the necessity of the baptism in water and the Spirit speaking with tongues. Uh, I want someone who is helping our students who believes that like I believe it, and in both word and in deed. So being apostolic is core value number one when it comes to what I look for uh, in a student pastor. Uh, number two, uh, something that's very important to me, is someone who can share and implement the vision that God has given me as a senior pastor for our church. Uh, I believed this when I was a youth pastor uh, for seven years, and I believe it now as a senior pastor. God gives one vision for a church. And a surefire way to uh, really mess up a church is to have multiple visions, multiple ideas, and people pulling in different directions. I believe God, uh, through the, the office of a pastor, gives one vision, one overarching vision for a local church. And I depend on our student pastor to share that vision. It, it, I have to communicate it well, but I, I depend on Shane to uh, share that vision. And then not just to share the vision and, and ethereal in his mind, say, hey, that's a good vision, Pastor, but then to implement that in the student ministry and begin to answer the question, how can I live out the vision that Pastor Gaddy has given to our church for this year? How can I walk that out in our student ministry? And I'll tell you this, I depend on our, our student pastor uh, to do that in terms that teenagers understand. Uh, I communicate vision as a almost 48 year old. I don't talk the lingo of teenagers uh, and I have a teenager in my house. And so I have to stay somewhat connected, but it's been many years since I was in, in, in that culture and ministering in that culture. And so I depend on our youth team and our student pastor specifically uh, to implement that vision, to make it understandable to teenagers and then to walk that out. And I think that's very, very important. Uh, thirdly, uh, qualities that I look for in a student in a student pastor, someone who is loyal, someone who is loyal to me and my wife as leaders of our church and someone who is loyal uh, to our church and loyal to the kingdom of God. And I'll say this loyalty is obviously, as you all know, it's public loyalty and private loyalty. 
And just from a few years of experience in ministry, I'll say that loyalty will be tested. You cannot learn loyalty adequately uh, in a book. And we can't learn loyalty uh, just in our minds. Uh, we have to pass the loyalty test when we are tested about our loyalty. And let me just say to all of our youth workers, you know, if you're going to fail in a test, fail in not ordering enough pizza for something, but don't fail the loyalty test uh, because that, that's going to be tested. There's going to be people from time to time. And I know we'd like to think this doesn't happen. But there's going to be people who like your preaching more than other people's preaching in the church. They like your vision more than or your ideas about the vision more than other people's vision. But remember, we are supporting the overall vision of the church. And um, loyalty is very important. Real quick story about that. Uh, I was at our youth camp uh, a number of years ago and uh, evangelist was preaching and he asked all of the ministers to come forward. And the altar call was gonna be the students coming up and being prayed for by the ministers. So we're all standing facing the campers. And uh, the evangelist said this, all right, students on the count of three, I want you to come and find your pastor. So Stacy and I are standing there ready to receive our kids. Shane and Wendy, our student pastors, are over on the other side of the altar, and they're praying. Uh, here come the kids. And I just had my eyes closed, and I expected at any moment to feel all these students around me and open my eyes and start laying hands on our students. And it seemed like an eternity went by, and nobody's around me. I mean, I hear other pastors around me praying for their students, but nobody's by my wife and I. So I finally did one of those little peeks out of my eye to see what was going on. And literally, there was not one student from our church standing by me and my wife. And uh, I knew we had we had 30 or 35 students there at that camp. I looked down in the altar and they are piled up over by Shane and Wendy Clark. And Shane's wading in there and laying hands and speaking in tongues on those kids and and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tim, this is what you trained Shane Clark to do. And yet, here's what I know about our student pastor. He didn't take that moment and say, well, I, I got their, their life now and I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, every one of those students has been taught by our student pastor and his wife. And they love their senior pastor and they respect us highly. But that's because I have a student pastor at our church. I'm humbled by this. That is very, very loyal publicly and very loyal privately as well. Number four, I look for someone with a quality like this, someone who will help me identify and train the next generation of leaders. I go back to how important your work is, youth workers. You literally are raising up the next generation of people that are going to lead in our, our fellowship and in our movement. And I need someone to help me with that. Uh, there's no one that knows the intricacies and the personalities and the strengths of the next generation of leaders like our student pastor and his team do. Um, they, as I said, they respect me as the senior pastor of our church, but the day-to-day -day pastoring of those students is done by our student pastor. He's going to know them. That's why I have him in that position. And so uh, I depend on him to help us uh, raise up those leaders, identify who those leaders are. And um, I, that kind of dovetails into my next point. I look for someone who resists babysitting kids and instead lovingly challenges kids to step up. Um, sometimes I think we've sold it a little short in calling up young people and calling up students to live for God. Um, 
just by way of example, our student ministry in Cabot, Pastor Shane uh, has the students take rotations and teach on Sunday mornings, teach to the whole youth group. And that calls them up. It calls them up to consecration. Uh, he trains them and the whole team trains them in New Testament salvation, apostolic doctrine. And then he'll call elders. I think this is just genius. He calls elders from our church into youth class and into our youth services and breaks the kids up into groups and sets them in front of those elders. And those elders ask them, what does the Bible say about New Testament salvation? What does the Bible say about separation from the world? And those students have to answer back to those elders. It's not just teaching them and not just a talking head, but it's challenging them to get it in their spirit and to let it be a part of who they are. Uh, and that sets us up for real success in leadership as we go forward. So I really uh, depend and I look for the quality of calling students up and, and challenging them and having a lot of fun, yes, but the kingdom is a serious thing and the future of the kingdom is something that is so, so awesome. So uh, I, I depend on our student pastor to help us with that. Um, let me just hit a couple more points. Um, I look for the quality of someone who sees themselves as a minister in our church and not just a youth minister. Um, Shane Clark, our student pastor, is an extension of what I do at the church. He's an extension of our pastoral staff. We're blessed to have him full time on staff at our church. And this even goes back to when I was a student pastor for seven years. I made up in my mind and God helped me with this and I give him praise that I was going to ask the question, what can I do to hold up the hands of my senior pastor to allow him to see his greatest effectiveness? And uh, although a great percentage of what our student pastor does is student related, uh, I also want him to view himself and he does as a minister in our church. He goes and visits adults in the hospital. Uh, he goes and, and, and ministers in just various capacities around our church. Even sometimes it's not student related, but we're a team and we're in this together. And I think that helps the whole church feel together as opposed to just a segmented group of ministries that kind of do their own thing, but they never intersect. And so that's a quality that I look for and I think is very, very important. And then I'll maybe share this as a, a final point. Uh, I look for someone who finds the balance uh, between handling situations and keeping me informed. And, um, you know, maybe maybe I need to say it like this. Uh, if I uh, wanted to be involved in every single decision of our youth ministry, then I would be the youth pastor. That's why I have our youth team in place. Um, but and some of this comes just from years of working together and kind of feeling the heartbeat of me as a leader and feeling the heartbeat of our student pastor and his team. Uh, but I, I want to empower them to handle situations. And yet, as the senior pastor at our church, if it involves improper relationships, if it involves anything of sexual impropriety, uh, if it involves family issues, that go beyond the scope of just the student ministry. As the senior pastor and Shane and Wendy are wonderful at this, they keep me informed on that because I don't wanna be surprised when a parent comes up to me, uh, God forbid, and tells me about something that their student was involved in. Uh, so there is a balance to that, 
uh, of them being empowered to handle certain situations, but then also learning where that line is of keeping me informed uh, so I can help um, put out some fires if needed or direct a family in a way that's a constructive way through through a difficult season. So uh, that's just something I think is is important. Uh, and then I'll close with this. I said one more, but I'll close with this. Um, I look for someone uh, who understands my communication style. A couple months ago, our team, our whole leadership team at our church went through uh, communication style training where we determine some of you are, know about that. And you've been through that, I'm sure, where you determine if you're a gold or a blue or a green or a orange, you know, how you best communicate. And um, I look for someone who understands how I communicate, for instance, uh, when presenting ideas to me, the way that works best for me is if someone will put it in an email and kind of write it out for me so I can look at it, I can think about it. You know, I don't work best when someone comes by with a drive-by comment and, uh, hey, pastor, what do you think about on the way to the platform or on the way to go counsel with somebody? I don't have time to process that. So my style is more put it in writing, send me an email. We can certainly talk about it, but let me let me pray about it. Let me think about what you're what you're wanting to 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 work through. And it takes time to understand communication style. So let me just encourage you uh, in working with your senior pastor. Uh, really study how they best interpret information, how they best receive information, and I think that'll go a long way in um, in helping the whole communication process in your church. So. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it with that. I'll, I'll give it over to Brother Thomas here in just a second. But again, I just want to commend you youth workers. Uh, I am so impressed with the next generation coming up in the Apostolic Church. I don't have any sob stories about what's happening in our movement right now. I think our greatest days are ahead of us. And, and you, you youth workers are going to surpass anything my generation has ever done. And I could not be more happy about that. So I love you and I appreciate your ministry so much. Brother Thomas, I'll yield it back to you. Great. Thank you, Brother Gaddy. And thank you for sharing some excellent insight and wisdom with us tonight on the topic of the qualities that you look for in a youth pastor. And you've enlightened us from your senior pastor perspective. And we appreciate you taking the time to be on the call tonight. Uh, now, if I may, I want to step through a Q&A session with you and just work through some questions. And uh, the first question I have for you has to do with adding a member to an existing team. Um, I read recently that addition can be subtraction when we add the wrong person to our team. And for example, worse than not having a youth pastor would be having the wrong person in that position. Right. You add a person in that position, and then you find out, oh, my goodness, they hate students. They hate young people. And if you could just speak on uh, in any leadership role, really, how do you move forward when you feel that you have the wrong person in a position? Yeah, you know, Jim Collins wrote a book a number of years ago called Good to Great. He talked about what you just said, Brother Thomas, uh, the key to good teams is getting the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off the bus. But the golden question is how do you get the people off the bus that need to get off the bus? Uh, I don't know that I've got a perfect answer for that, but I'll tell you something we've adopted in Cabot for a number of years and it seems to help. Um, for any position at our church, uh, we try to put a time date on that. 
and I'll come up and I glean from other places and our team puts together some sort of a ministry description. Maybe it's not a an exhaustive ministry description because there's always the and any other duties the pastor seems necessary. You know, that little clause in our ministry description that is nice. But uh, we'll put a ministry description together and then at the bottom I'll put um, this is for a term of six months or this is for a term of one year. And um, in, in talking with this prospective person, um, I will say, do you understand that? Is that is that understandable to you? This is for just one year. For instance, let me just use student pastor. Um, Brother John Doe, do you understand this is for one year? Uh, one of three things can happen at the end of one year. If this is going well and we've done some reviews and things are well, you know, and there's success in the ministry, we can just renew this and go on. Uh, if you find that this isn't a fit for you, then you have every right to say, this is my term. I fulfilled my term and we're done. Or if I, as a senior pastor, feel like we need to make a change, then I have the right after a year to do that. Now, I will tell you in the real world, that doesn't take away all the sting if I, as a senior pastor, feel we need to make a change. However, it does call to their remembrance something that we went over when I first brought them on board. So to the question of what do you do to get them off the team? Well, if we've worked them through a process of a year or six month commitment or whatever, unless there's an egregious sin that we just dismiss them outright, we may just have to work through that time period until we get to that place where we can make a change. Now, again, that's what we do in Cabot. Uh, once there's a relationship built with a staff member, uh, it basically just from there, and I don't have a certain answer for a number of years that we worked together before this happens, we then just tag have tag-ins for reviews because it's obviously working and uh, we just keep open communication. So I hope that helps in, in, in maybe answering that question. It does, absolutely. And I like that approach. You kind of go into it with, uh, for lack of a better word, an escape plan if needed. Yeah, um, you know, let me say this. I would rather have a hard conversation at the first than kill somebody. And I don't intentionally kill anybody. I would never want to do that. But I'd rather have a potentially hard conversation or awkward statement of, or do you understand this is for one year? I'd rather do that on the front end because I don't, I don't ever want to hurt people. And uh, if we're not communicating well enough, we can hurt people. Absolutely. Great. Um, next question I want to ask you is uh, you've been a pastor there in Cabot for a while now. And have you ever had an extended period uh, within your leadership there at the church as pastor where you went without a youth leader? And if so, could you talk a little bit about how that impacted your church and how that impacted your young people? We went without a youth leader when we first started the church because, frankly, we didn't have any students. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, about the first year and a half, uh, I just tried to facilitate the students that did start coming uh, within. We had a small enough group of people coming that I could, myself or my wife could organize something, have a little outing or something like that. Uh, so after about a year and a half, I asked someone to serve as a youth leader. We didn't call him a youth pastor or student pastor, but just a youth leader. You know, over the years, we've probably had a few occasions when we were in between student pastors. In fact, one in particular um, I appointed a committee of a couple of couples uh, to help with our student ministry until I could kind of feel after what we needed to do. And by the way, 
uh, one of those couples is now our student pastor and his wife, and they've been our student pastor for a number of years. So uh, we, we gave attention to our students through the couples committee kind of idea. And, uh, you know, I know some churches use a youth committee as a long-term solution. Um, I like to empower one person or a couple uh, to be student leaders because I think it gives them training and it, it, it causes them to have to build teams and things like that. So um, in the short term, we've done committees uh, in times that we didn't have a youth leader. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And I know you have uh, already alluded and spoke to some of this. Uh, the next question that I'll ask, and uh, you've spoken a little bit about your youth pastor, Shane and Wendy Clark, the excellent job that they're doing there for you in Cabot uh, and with you in Cabot. But I just wanted to ask if you could give us a rundown of what your youth ministry looks like at your church on the local level there, and uh, maybe speak about your service schedule and structure, the weekly service schedule, uh, maybe how you structure your team, and any annual events that you have at your church that links with the youth ministry, and anything you feel that would be pertinent to highlight that we should know as youth workers. Sure. Well, Wednesday night, uh, our youth group, which is called Nexus, has Nexus mm -hmm. service. It's a preaching type of service. Uh, many Wednesday nights, they have a full band, music, uh, youth involvement, youth praise team, uh, that kind of thing. Altar calls. We've had kids get the Holy Ghost, get baptized in our Nexus uh, service. That's going on while our uh, Bible study time is going on in the sanctuary. Sunday morning, they have during our first service, our 9 a.m. service, they have a class for teenagers. Uh, it's our Nexus class, and uh, that's w when a lot of the student teaching goes on. And... Um, that is for a period of about, ends up being about 45 minutes on Sunday morning during our first service. Uh, they have a Tuesday night men, young, young men's and young women's Bible study. Um, and that happens every other week uh, where it's just focused just to young men. And then the next week, it's just to young ladies, but it alternates every two weeks. They're, they're having Bible studies. Uh, they have an event that they've had the last two or three years. It's really become a neat deal. In fact, we just had it a couple weeks ago. It's called the Spring Gala, and it is a prom alternative. And mm -hmm. this was really cool when they put this together. You know, uh, it's a formal night. Uh, I know maybe some of y'all do this kind of thing, but it's a formal night. Uh, get the kids out of the environment, the pressure that their student, their fellow classmates, are you going to the prom? We don't want them in that kind of environment, that kind of uh, culture. And so rather than just say you can't go or we don't want you to go and ask you not to go, give them an alternative and it's a formal night. The students dress up a formal attire. Uh, there's a little band that plays. They have a nice meal. It's at our, this one a couple weeks ago was at right downtown little rock by the Capitol. Uh, they go take pictures. They crown a spring gala King and queen. I think they call it. Uh, so that, that's a cool thing that they have every year. Uh, mm -hmm. They do other things. They'll have students over their house for poor. They call them poor man's lunch where uh, they all just, put food together and all have fellowship and connect on Sunday afternoon. So uh, that's just a few of the things that they do. Very active in sectional activities, very active in district activities. And so um, they're a busy group, but a very effective group too. Sure. Sure. And I liked the, uh, the ideas that you share with us there. And, and I was going to ask you also, um, is there a time maybe quarterly or annually that you come into the youth room, and as pastor, 
you speak or preach to the young people specifically? I know they hear you on a Sunday morning or Sunday night, but is there a time that you and Shane Clark, your youth pastor, set aside for you to come in and just address the young people as their pastor? You know what, uh, Brother Thomas, we don't have it set in the schedule for that, uh, like on a consistent basis. Uh, what I do know, it, and we have done that before, but what I do know from just the work and relationship that Pastor Shane and I have is that's an open door anytime. Now, obviously, I respect that, that they have a flow. They have a curriculum uh, series they go through and all that. And I want to be respectful of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I feel something to share with the students, uh, something like that, uh, he he has always told me, uh, Pastor, you just let me know what, what you need on that. And so I have a green light on that. Short answer is no, we don't have anything systematically set up. Okay. Um, green light. Um, and if he feels something that I can address, uh, he certainly has the green light to ask me. So. Cool. I love it. And that's something I always like to ask, you know, a senior pastor, youth pastor, how that works, that, that part of the relationship. And I love that. Um, and the last question I have uh, has to do with resources. I know that you spent seven years in the trench as a youth pastor. And uh, are there any resources, books, podcasts, anything that you can recommend to us as youth leaders tonight? Yeah, you know, when I was thinking about this question, I thought, man, it's been so long since I had a youth book and a youth ministry book. Boy, that's way back there. Um, I will tell you, I'll just give you one book. It's not it's not specifically for youth ministry, but it's got some tremendous things to help you understand the culture of your church. And it can be very applicable to youth ministry across the board for really any ministry. It's called What Every Pastor Should Know. Mm. And um, and don't let that fool you. That doesn't mean what every senior pastor should know, but what every person working in a shepherding role, leading role, what I, what they should know. It's by Gary McIntosh and Charles Arn. And the subtitle is 101 Indispensable Rules of Thumb for Leading Your Church. And it has mm. some really, really good stuff on groups, things that are very applicable to youth ministry, uh, the demographics of people, that kind of thing. So let me just recommend that book. Again, it's What Every Pastor Should Know, and it's by Gary McIntosh and Charles Arn. Okay, great, great. I'll be sure to look that up personally. I'd, I'd love to dive into that. Well, Brother Gaddy, once again, we thank you for taking time out of your schedule. We know you're a pastor and you have many things that pull at you during the week, and uh, but we appreciate you taking time to be on tonight's call. Honored to be here. Thank you. Yes, sir. And at this time, I'm going to turn the call over to our general youth secretary, Brother Justin Ranking, and he's got a few announcements he's going to share with us, and then he's going to close in prayer. Brother Ranking, you can take it over. Thank you so much, Brother Thomas. Appreciate you and Pastor Gaddy taking some time with question and answer following tonight's topics, and we're so thankful for the for the view of uh, the viewpoint of a pastor tonight. Thank you, Brother Gaddy. We appreciate your help. We thank you all for joining us on this call. Don't forget, please help us to help this call to grow and influence and to be a ministry to someone else by sharing it with your youth ministry friends. Let them know about this valuable resource. We're looking forward to next month's call. It will be on June 5th, and Caleb Douglas will be speaking to us. Um, He is the youth pastor at Temple of Pentecost in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he took the reins of a youth ministry from someone who had been a longtime youth ministry worker. And Brother Caleb worked on a team, and he's going to kind of talk about that perspective and being a leader 
um, with, without an official position, but just working on the youth team and what that looks like. And so I think that could be some valuable insights. So make sure to mark that down on your calendar, June 5th with Caleb Douglas. Also, uh, registration is still open to go to the youth ministry training event. It will be happening on August 2nd and 3rd here in St. Louis, Missouri at the sanctuary registration, the pre-registration uh, pre, uh, early bird pricing is has already changed over to just regular registration now that you can still find that online at upciyouth.com and just be sure to click on the youth ministry training event banner and it will take you right to the registration page. Let's conclude this call in prayer and ask God's blessing on our youth ministry efforts. Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be involved in youth ministry and to make a difference in the lives of youth and young adults. Lord, we know that youth group is so important. We know that our youth ministry services and events are so powerful and have the opportunity for you to speak into their lives. But Lord, we also remember that we have a covering of a pastor and ministry in our lives. I pray that you would help these youth workers that are tuning in today and even beyond this call, that they would understand to get behind the vision of the pastor and that leadership and that they would follow the leading of their pastoral figure that is in their life and help churches and youth groups to work together. They're not to be separate things, but Lord, let it be one vision to reach their community of all ages. And we ask all your blessings and all your favor, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for joining tonight's call that has been sponsored by your giving to She's for Christ. God bless you. You have been listening to the Youth Ministry Training Call. For other great youth resources, be sure to check out thecommunity.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great night.